Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. Fresh off a little back-to-back with a moral victory. Let's give it up for a moral victory against the Nuggets. <laughs> and a real spitting, spitting in the face of a schedule loss by winning a back-to-back in which you traveled from the road and time zones for a victory, a comeback victory. Dude, did you see the Raptors had 122 points with eight minutes to go, and they scored four points the rest of the way? I know. I've never seen a team score a bunch of points and then not score anymore in the fourth quarter. Wow. Except for when the Wolves did it on Wednesday against the Nuggets. Oh. Um, though the Raptors were a great... I mean. There are probably not three teams in the league that'd be more difficult to play on the second end of a back-to-back when you're going through from one city to another, getting in late, than that Raptors team because they just go up and down and they play small and they're just so physical and you know just running up and down. Um, but then they showed you as a Wolves fan, as someone listening to this, like other teams are just as good at blowing leads and spitting all over themselves and just completely men- melting down, just like the Wolves. Uh, so yeah, it was of all the games I said it was like the biggest win of the season. It might be kind of dumb because it's January, but uh, you just don't see teams win those games. Like there are schedule losses, are like a thing, and for them to somehow be down eighteen and pull it off the way they did too, with D'Lo hitting shots, them playing really good defense, um, was pretty incredible because that's literally not the team you saw on Wednesday on ESPN in Denver. It was a complete opposite. So they learned from their mistakes. And and after that win, is it too early, by the way, a minute and 41 seconds into this episode for a look at the Western Conference playoff picture? Because with that win now, the Wolves are now back within a game of 500. They do get a home-and-home, right? It's a home-and-home against the Rockets. Yep. yep. Now, of course, you can sit here and say, all right, so they're a game within, and now they get the Rockets back-to-back, so that's two more wins. But this is the (laughs) weirdest team because – We've seen them go toe-to-toe on national TV with the number one team in the West, the Nuggets, right? And kind of mm-hmm. kind of blow a five- or six-point lead with a couple minutes left. But then we've also seen them lose two games to the Pistons, who are actively trying to get ping-pong balls, all in the last, like, three weeks. So I don't, I don't think it's easy as saying, oh, okay, let's give them two wins against the Rockets. They could easily split or lose both those games. We don't know. But they are tied for the seventh seed in the West, and they are a game and a half out of the five seed, which Dallas currently occupies. So the West, you can say maybe the West is just uh, devoid of top, top teams. But I would also say there's just 
13 competitive teams kind of mm-hmm. beating up on each other. Yeah. The Wolves have definitely underachieved. But the West just has a lot of teams kind of in that, you know, that 4 to 13 range that are just punching each other, and they're caught up right in the middle of that mess, I guess. Yeah, and everyone in from 5 to 13 could say this, but, yeah, the Wolves are just, like, one weird Pistons win away from or loss away from, like, being the 5 seed. And to think about all the stuff we've gone through and all the fires that have already ex- happened this season, just, you know, 40-some games in, uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, it really is. Not They shouldn't get a banner for being 23 and 24, but uh, they've had so many injuries. I, I think they are, like, top five or six in most games lost due to injury. Well, last year they were top three or four and, like, lucky on the injury side, and on this year it's kind of gone the other way. But, uh, yeah, to, to be – I mean, it takes one good week to get you to fifth. It takes one bad week to get you to 13th. Um, but to play as well as they did for the most part against Denver and lose a game they probably should have won, uh, I just – I thought it was an impressive win because you just lose those games – against the Raptors. And I'm a big believer in that not all wins are the same and not all losses are the same. That type of win, the way they did it, the way they kind of gelled the locker room, the quotes coming out of that locker room last night were hilarious and great. The vibes seemed at an all time high, but uh, that's the type of stuff that can kind of spin it a little bit. Like again, these two games against the Rockets, the Timberwolves are the perfect franchise to find three losses in two games. Like that's just who they are. But yeah. uh, it's kind of setting them, setting it up for them now to maybe make a little run before the all-star break kind of solidify themselves because yeah, the Wolves still have problems, but man, so do the Clippers, the Warriors, like oh, they're man. resting everyone second night of a back-to-back. Like the Suns are dumpster, the Blazers. Are, I mean, there's the teams that they're fighting with are also dumpster fires as well. So who's going to be the least dumpster fire these next three months is uh, yeah. pretty entertaining. I keep riding the roller coaster of as I sort of look ahead, you know, the rest of this season and the summer where there's going to be mm-hmm. a ton of conversations. And every time the Wolves have a game like last night where Gobert, Cat's been out for like 26 games or something. Yep. But when you're without both Cat and Gobert, and there's been games where they've been without those guys and D'Lo, and they play their asses off. Mm-hmm. And they've had games where they played their asses off with with those guys too. I mean, there was the the Pacers game before all hell broke loose where it looked like it finally all clicked with all of them. And then cat goes down and then, you know, then they have to go and find their way again. But there is something really interesting about Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels, who was excellent again last night. He swatted a shot in the, (laughs) he just came out of nowhere on the weak side and just swatted a shot in the last couple of minutes into the fourth row um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I'm so conflicted because I know that those players are excellent players, but I feel like sometimes when Gobert is out and or Cat is out, and even sometimes when D'Lo, who was good last night, is put off to the side, it allows these other guys led by Ant to just play with a different level of passion and empowerment. Mm-hmm. How do you put it all in a stew and bottle it? Or can't you? That's my biggest question here. No, I think it's a good point. I just... I always remind myself, again, you brought up that Pacers game. My first reaction to you saying that was, wasn't that like 2019? Like, that's how far ago it seemed that the Pacers was a really good win and they had figured it all out. The NBA, even more than baseball, to me, as someone who covers it, like, it, this this season takes so long and there are so many ups and downs. And I do think an Ant Jaden, with all the fun role players and a couple savvy vets, can give you good sparks and give you good games. Last night was good. I mean, again... D'Lo, the Wolves aren't really, we're not talking about Ant's defense late in the game or Jaden's defense if it wasn't for D'Angelo Russell hitting, 
you know, five of six shots and icing the game at the free throw line. But I do think Ant and Jaden can lead you through spurts, but I, this league is so talented right now that you do, you know, you're not, you're not, the Wolves think they can match up against the Nuggets pretty well. Um, you're not beating Nikola Jokic with Luka Garza and Nas Reed and Nate Knight. Like at some point you need Rudy Gobert if you're going to beat that team in a series. Uh, same with yeah. Carl. Like you're going to need talent always wins out in this league and Jaden and Ant are really talented, but to, to make this consistent, to do this when it matters, you need those best guys. So, but the fact that they're doing it without him for the most part and treading water is really commendable and props to Finch props to some of the veterans prop to, you know, Kyle Anderson, the best free agent signing in. Oh, Timberwolves Kyle history. Anderson. You mentioned, uh, the, the, not going to hang the banner for them being 23 and 24 or whatever the record is. We could, though. we should, we should do a hang the banner game here on yeah. Flagrant halls that they only have like, do they have a banner? Did they hang like a division banner 15 years ago? A we finally won a playoff series banner or something. I mean, it's when you look up in the Target Center rafters, there's a lot of Lynx stuff, which deservedly so because they're won a lot of championships. Um, there's like a it's like what? Malik Sealy, the sad, like tragic Malik Sealy jersey. Yep. And then, like, I mean, maybe I don't know if they've hung the play in uh victory banner yet. Maybe they're still designing that, but uh, they should get one of those. But yeah, there's just not a lot of banners up there, so that's why you know winning the second night of a back-to-back against Toronto is like, if, do you want, do we have time? Let's what's in the budget. Let's just put something up there. That's like, Hey, we did this gold star. Dude, here's the banner. I would hang Kyle Anderson's last three games. He's <laughs> averaging 15 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, two and a half steals on 65% shooting. And he's shooting 80% on threes over those games. Can we hang that banner? Just like a banner of his face. Also, I, I was looking this up today cause I was, I thought he was in his 30s for whatever reason. Now, he just turned 29. He looks like he's 42. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he, he just turned 29 in September. And I've, I've been kind of thinking, like, I think this guy might be a we, – we, we talk about, like, cores or foundations, and it's always just the young guys. But it's been proven time and time again that you need veterans to kind of win when it matters. Uh, I think Kyle Anderson, who was signed through next season, is like a core piece of this team. He is – Finch loves him. He was the first major transaction, you know, performed by Tim Connolly and, and the Avengers down there at Mayo Clinic Square. Uh, and he just does all the little things like last night, Dilo's ability to hit those threes came because he didn't have to run the offense. That was Kyle's responsibility. Uh, yeah. Kyle would give Ant a breather every now and then guarding, you know, Pascal Siakam. Um, he also, too, you watch Connison. He's a guy that does not mind yelling at his teammates. Like he was yelling at Nazaridi, he was yelling at and for something just and they listen to him so again if you want to really feel sad go google top free agents in timberwolves history you might not even recognize the guy who's listed at fourth let alone 10th but uh kyle anderson is one of the best players this team has ever signed and his impact where would they be they're 23 and 24 where would they be without kyle anderson they'd probably be like 16 wins so i think this is a good time for another lineup combination update too it's it's been about probably three weeks since we've done this so a lot of a lot of things have happened uh jordan mclaughlin has fallen out of the qualified minutes load so you will not see him in here um everybody else pretty much except for your guy luca garza and a couple other (laughs) peripheral players qualifies here so uh let's look at real quick five man lineup combinations the wolves have had two different five-man combinations on the court for at least a hundred minutes. And these five-man combinations don't spend a ton of time together. It's usually like six minutes with the starters and then Gobert will go out or whatever. But uh, the original starting five before everyone got hurt, 
So the the towns go bare. Delo, Ant, and Jaden McDaniel's starting five, which we haven't seen for two months. They were a plus three and a half points per 100 possessions. So they actually had that thing. It wasn't dominant, but when they mm-hmm. were on the court, they were outscoring their opponents when you include offense, defense, everything, net points per 100 by just about four points per 100 possessions. The more recent starting lineup, the second most common five-man lineup for the Wolves, which is Rudy Gobert, who's been out lately, but Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson, Jade McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. So we're swapping now Cat for Kyle Anderson. Plus 12 points, net 12 points <laughs> per 100 possessions. It's a legit good starting five. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that like Kyle Anderson is better than Towns or that Towns is garbage or he should be cast aside. It's just about your. these are all symbiotic relationships. You're trying yep. to find combinations that work. And that combination with Kyle Anderson as kind of a Swiss army knife is working really well. Everyone has favorite pizza toppings. Like I have my favorite stats and I just, as kind of a, scrummy point guard and pick up basketball. I just, I like looking at assist to turnover ratio because anyone can really rack up assists. If you have high usage, you know, it's like he had 12 assists tonight, but then it's like, Oh, he also had five turnovers. Like he, it's not great. Right. It's kind of like completions in the NFL, but he also thrown a ton of picks since the turn of 2023, the wolves are seven and two. I think they have the third best record in the West in 2023 behind only Memphis and Denver who are kind of running away at the top. Um, but Kyle Anderson's averaging 6.3 assists and just 1.3 turnovers. Like, yeah. essentially, almost like a six to one turn or assist to turnover ratio. That's such a big deal, man, because assists are guaranteed buckets and turnovers are guaranteed, you know, giving up the ball. So, his ability, he, he looks healthy. He's probably playing the be- best basketball of his career. And that role of, you know, a Swiss Army knife, as we said in preseason, allows guys to just kind of do what they do best better. Uh, it takes pressure off Delo, takes pressure off Ant. Um, also, I mean, Kyle Anderson was, I think, guarding Nikola Jokic on Wednesday. <laughs> like, takes yeah. a little pressure off Nas Reed. So, amazing signing. Um, probably won't get Tim Connolly executive of the year. Uh, he might fall just a little short, but a fantastic <laughs> move by them to go find a guy like that. But that what about so the Kyle Anderson <laughs> signing? You guys can't just savage me for oh, just that one move that looked like an overpay. The Austin, like I said, the Austin Rivers <laughs> signing, Luca Garza. We're getting close, but uh, there's still that that gaping hole on the Timberwolves resume that might, so might do him in. Kyle Anderson also of the, if you go to three-man lineup combinations, of the seven best three-man lineups, so the Wolves have had seven lineup combinations with enough minutes uh, to qualify of a net plus minus of plus five or better per 100 possessions. Mm-hmm. So seven of those. Kyle Anderson is part of five of them including the best. Can you name the best three-man lineup? Oh, I already gave you one-third of it. Kyle Anderson plus which other two guys are the Wolves' best three-man lineup combination? Uh, is it is it Jaden? Well, I mean, I'm just saying this is easy but or lazy, but is it Jaden and Ant? You're half right. Jaden, so Jaden's one of them. Jaden's in there. Jaden, Kyle, and Torian Prince? Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, okay. okay. It's what actually a great sign to see Gobert. Yeah, They're yep. finding some combinations that mm-hmm. work. With Gobert. Yep. So they are a plus, almost a plus 12 net per 100 possessions when Kyle Anderson, Jade McDaniels, and Rudy Gobert are on the court. And I I know we're probably going to touch on Carl a little bit, um, who's continued to be out, missed a bunch of games. Uh, 
when I look at it through my eyes and I watch Kyle Anderson play, like he's a core part of this team moving forward, but he also gives me hope that, and it's going to take some juggling for sure. Finch is going to have his work cut out, but I do think there's a lot of Kyle Anderson in Carl's game. I mean, Kyle Anderson's attacking the rim as well, you know, driving, kicking, setting up his, his teammates. Uh, I think Carl can, I mean, Carl's shown your ability to do that too. He was like what leading the team in assists for that first month before he went down. Uh, he had a good rapport with Rudy. So it gives you hope that, they're going to have to figure I don't know if they're going to be able to play Kyle and Carl with Rudy all the time. There's going to be some weird rotations once this is all healthy, but it, the, the the Kyle Anderson is the Jordan McLaughlin now, right? It's like put him into your formula. Anyone who's playing with them is probably going to have a good rating. Um, and that's another one too. Like imagine if we can get Kyle and Jordan on the same court. Like those two guys have always dominated net ratings and these little lineup things. Uh, it might just be, you know, They've got a lot of talent, deepest team around. That's why they're still 23 and 24, but getting their star players back and seeing how they play with a Kyle Anderson now would be pretty cool. So the second best three-man combination is Anthony Edwards, Jalen Noel, and Nas Reed together. Okay. Just offensive firepower and yeah. Yeah. energy guys. Yeah. And then you go, this is interesting too, you go Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gobert, D'Angelo Russell is the third. Okay. Okay. I like to see some diversification yep. here. This is these are good signs. And then it's Kyle Anderson, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels is the fourth. Which okay. is another another good, interesting one. He just I mean we're we we are we I think we're in the process of retiring number twenty two for Patrick Beverly. Uh, <laughs> I would not be against retiring Kyle Anderson's number forty seven <laughs> games through the season because um Good team, the, the, the teams that are at the top of the West or the East, they always have a guy like Kyle Anderson. So the Wolves haven't really figured out the $90 million of their front court yet uh, and haven't gotten them healthy. But to have a guy like that who is seem- Kyle Anderson seemingly healthy, playing his best basketball, shooting absurd percentages from three, like he just, once he catches it outside the, uh, uh, the three point line, it's like, oh, this is going to go in. And if you've ever watched Kyle Anderson before, like that's not a real thing. Like he was a detriment to your team spacing the floor. Um, so that was like the final you know, piece of the puzzle is like once he could shoot and space the floor, it's kind of all over for I me. Mean, he was giving it to Pascal Siakam yesterday and it was awesome. Yeah. So impressive stuff, uh, impressive signing. Um, shout out to Tim Conley. I, f- I feel like sometimes defenders don't honor his shot, not because he can't oh, no. make threes. It's because it doesn't look like he's actually going to shoot the ball, right? Like he goes, yep, yep. he does this like super long load, this the slow-mo load, and defenders are like, that can't be an actual shot. Is he pump faking? What is he doing? And then it's just like, <laughs> he's just like going into his motion. Well, and it's also, so the thing about being 29 and, and being signed for another year is like, what is his game going to look like at 34? Isn't it going to look this like what the he's going to get slower? Like he's had that old make him man better? game for eight years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he's going to be dropping forty when he's like fifty in like the YMCA. So he's they they got a guy who you probably wouldn't have said is at his you know peak years, but if you can get four or five years of Kyle Anderson moving forward with all the stuff you had to give up for Rudy, I mean that that does fill a lot of holes. He's also a great quote. He is a beloved teammate. Uh, in that locker room, a lot of guys really look up to him. He had some hilarious things last night about comparing D'Angelo Russell, like the movie Bad Boys 2. Uh, some great quotes out there. But uh, he just, yeah, it just he gives you everything you want. He's not making max money. He's making, you know, the mid-level exception. So um, it's important to have a guy like that. Important to have a guy like TP. But 
now when you see it last night, like, oh, Kyle looks great. Jaden looks great. Ant was on ball. Like, Delo's hitting shots. It's like, man, I really want to see Carl look back. Like, I really want to see Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. How does he fit? Folded back into this and see, you know, is it a souffle or is it still a, a kind of a wacky recipe? Yeah. By the way, speaking of cat, so he, I don't know that we ever fully knew the extent of his calf strain. The wolves have not been really providing like day to day updates or anything. Originally, it was reported four to six weeks, and mid January is a good target. Well, we're already like two thirds of the way through mm-hmm. January, and he's really nowhere near coming back yet. So he was on it. He does these Twitch streams. He was live streaming a video game with Rudy Gobert last night. And bring me the Joe Nelson from bring me the news was like watching it for an hour. <laughs> and during the, during the, uh, the Twitch stream, Ant said, I'll just read you the transcript here. We don't have the actual clip. He goes, and yeah, grade three, man. I don't know what grade two they were trying to talk about. He's saying that it's a grade three, which is worse than a grade two calf strain. Um, on Bring Me the News is right up. They say, according to sports injury sites, a grade three calf strain can also cause a rupture of muscle fibers, blood vessels. Recovery time is said to be more like eight to 12 weeks. Monday will mark eight weeks since Town was Towns was injured. 12 weeks will be February 20th. So that's maybe a more, if, if he's, I'm assuming he signed the truth, it's a grade three. Uh, and then he said he may go live on Twitch again Friday night. Quote, it may not happen depending on how tomorrow goes. I got to see the doctors on Friday. Uh, <laughs> he's got a boot that he doesn't necessarily want to put on camera. So um, so maybe February was always a more realistic target, but it doesn't sound like he's anywhere near being able to play professional basketball right now. You know, and this is, it's a great update. I mean, I really do like commend Carl for kind of being transparent. Um, I'm sure people would want to give blowback to them, but the, the whole way, and I kind of defer to you because you covered you've covered teams and been in locker rooms and stuff a lot more than I have. But the way that injuries are reported, I don't really know what to do with them because when Carl did go down against the Wizards, we pretty much all assumed it was a torn Achilles. Um, and then when it wasn't, not only were we so relieved, but I was like, oh, awesome, he'll be back in six weeks. Uh, I don't know, like. They have team doctors, you know, I don't think the Wolves are being malicious by any means, but I also had never really heard that when I, like, I've been hearing all-star break for a while. And again, I'm not a reporter or anything, but just you talk to people like, yeah, it's a serious, those calf injuries are mm-hmm. massive. Um, I mean, again, he's a much better player than Jordan McLaughlin, but Jordan McLaughlin has a calf injury and he just can't. I watched Jordan McLaughlin go through warmups, do his whole shooting routine, work out with bands when he was in Portland. And that was in December, <laughs> right? And he's, that was a month ago. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think he will play again. I think they will get him back. But I also kind of do want to. I don't. I, I don't want to rush him back because those are the types of injuries. It's not a. It's not the wrist. Like you lose your. You tear a calf. You tear an Achilles. Like I said, it's kind. Kevin Durant proved you wrong, but it's almost like a death blow to your career. So yeah, it, it's unfortunate. But I mean, I don't think we're going to see him next week. Um, hopefully, maybe they get him back before the All Star break. But the All Star break is in less than a month. So. Maybe you just want to use that time to ramp them back up. Well, it's also really important for this team and other teams, just depending on where this thing goes with Cat, that he plays at least like a month or a month and a half, I would think. Like, let's say for some oh, reason yeah. he yeah, yeah. C- catches a setback and he's out for the year. He does have a track record of being Cat and mm-hmm. one of the greatest shooting big men of all time and all those things. Like Teams know what he is, but I, 
you, you just want to see how this thing gels together based on all the things you've learned about yep. Point Ant and Kyle Anderson and Jade McDaniels kind of finding his own the last three or four weeks. How does Cat integrate back into that, maybe even as more of a complementary piece as mm-hmm. opposed to like the featured piece? Can it work? Make your decision going into the summer. And then if you decide you have to move on for whatever reason, um, then at least other teams saw him putting up yeah, the 20, yeah. 24 points. And so, so I, I'm not rushing him back, but like he's got to get out there at some point for a month, month and a half minimum for your sake and for the sake of other teams that might look to, you know, float well, trade offers your way this summer. Well, it's, it's crazy too, to think that D'Angelo Russell was originally required or acquired to, you know, as one of Carl's best friends. Um, the last game before the all-star break is February 16th. It's a Thursday. The trade deadline is a week before February 9th. If Carl were to not return prior to the all-star break and D'Angelo Russell were to be, I mean, like they might just never play a game again together. So it's crazy. I'm, I'm with you that, um, I mean, again, I, I really do like, I just get the guys healthy uh, because there's nothing worse you can do than rush a guy out there and then just have him re-injured and now you're screwed. But you also bring up a good point. Like we have so much sample size now with how Kyle fits with everyone and how, what Jaden can do and all these guys, like you need to see again, okay, Rudy seems a little more comfortable when he's healthy doing Utah Rudy stuff, not trying to be Hakeem Olajuwon. What does it look like now with Carl in a more complimentary role? So hopefully he gets back sooner than later. I don't think it's going to be this month, but um, they need that because, again, they got to figure out this puzzle. They're treading water, but the purpose of this all-in trade was to not tread water. It was to really you know, go Michael Phelps on this thing, and uh, they can't do that without Carl and Rudy back in the lineup. Yeah. All right, I think it's time. It's been a few weeks since we've dove into the comment section oh, here. Phil okay. and Kyle read the comments on flagrant howls. Let's start with this one from the Score North YouTube channel. And by the way, if you are watching this podcast on the Score North YouTube channel, if you could click the subscribe button and the like button, it would help us spread the word about this Timberwolves suffering Timberwolves community uh, that you guys are helping us build here. So Dalton Holmquist says, I'm not up to date with the salary cap and how all that works with the Wolves this upcoming offseason, but clearly there is some concern here. On your guys' next episode, can you talk through the actual cap space we will have if we keep Cat and Gobert and then take into account paying Ant a max and if there would be a cap for McDaniel's contract, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think we would both say that if you're looking for the absolute best person to lay this out all the time, <laughs> yep. Dane Moore, Dane Moore NBA podcast, he's incredible at this. I will keep it sort of high level, and you can chime in here, Kyle. So the projected salary cap for next season is $134 million. Mm-hmm. The luxury tax threshold is 162 which mm-hmm. let's put that off the side. So it's a soft cap, meaning... You can go over it by re-signing your own players, yep. but you but you can't go over it to sign an outside player. Right. So you got a hundred thirty four thousand dollars, hundred thirty four million dollar cap. The Wolves have a hundred twenty million dollars in active contracts for next year. Mm-hmm. Now that includes a non guaranteed Torian Prince. It includes I think there's like a team option on like a Nate Knight or something, but. Um, they're probably going to bring Torian Prince back because they, they need good two-way players mm-hmm. or leaders. Mm-hmm. So let's call it, for the purposes of this conversation, they're going to have $120 million tied up in active contracts. That does not count impending free agents. Nas Reed, 
Jalen Noel, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Rivers. Mm -hmm. You can bring guys back who are internals like this, but I don't know that you're going to have enough to bring guys back and also stay under the luxury tax. So uh, to answer the direct question about Gobert and Cat, Gobert is at $41 million next year. Cat's at $36 million next year. That is 57% of their total cap. Ant and Jade McDaniels are up for extensions. They're still relatively affordable uh, cap-wise next year, but those extensions, it would be a, a rookie max for Ant and then probably something a little less for Jaden. Those would those would be signed this summer, right? Yep. And then kick in in a year and a half from right now. Yeah, and that's like the Carl thing, right? Carl signed that ex- mass massive extension last summer, but it actually doesn't kick in like this year or next year. Um, I guess this... the. I really do like in this topic specifically, Dane Moore is the guy. He did a really good pod earlier this week about like the D'Angelo Russell salary slot and why if you don't think you're going to sign him long term, which they would be able to do, um, then you got to move him because you got to keep like that slot open. If you just lose D'Angelo Russell and the $32 million he makes, you don't just have $32 million to to, to spend this summer. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, even a simpler way to say it is they can move forward with Carl and Rudy making all that money and pay Ant a max and pay Jaden, you know, for 100 or whatever it is. Um, the luxury tax thing is probably not worth talking about now, but when you have new ownership coming in, new ownership that is also buying the Timberwolves on some sort of layaway plan, um, it's going to be a topic that gets brought up more because, yeah, this rot, I mean, the, the, the cap is going to spike. There'll be new TV deals, all that stuff, but this team is going to be really expensive. And as it becomes more expensive and as, Rudy and Carl make a combined $100 million in a couple of years. You're going to have to find creative ways to, you know, like I don't, I don't think Jalen Noel and Nas Reed are both gone, but they're, it's very unlikely they're both going to stay. You're going to have to continuously find ways to get, you know, Josh Minots in the second round or that Spagnolo kid who's in Italy. Like you're going to have to find cheap players, but that's, yeah. that's what all the top teams do. I mean, the, the Denver Nuggets right now have some kind of rotation guys that are very cheap on rookie scale deals. So, it's going to be a challenge and that's what you signed up for on July 3rd or whatever, when you traded away all your future cap flexibility and every other pick for the next six years um, to kind of buy into this core. But yeah, they can, they can sign Ant. That's not going to be a problem. He'll, he'll take the extension rookies always do same with Jaden. But there will come a time where the, you know, the budget, the Excel spreadsheets probably do force this team that if they're still treading water and not swimming laps uh, that, Tim Connolly and his crew will have to pivot again and decide which of these expensive guys is worth kind of breaking into smaller deals. Well, and and here's where it gets really interesting is in two years, and the, these are estimates here, the, the, the projected cap in two years is an estimated $140 million with a luxury tax of like 170 So 140 is the cap. It's a soft cap again. You can go over it with your own internal guys. But... Towns, Gobert, and Ant will project to take up 128 million of the 140 million projected cap. <laughs> yep. And then, according, this is, I'm on spotrack.com. They're projecting Jade McDaniels on like a $12 million a year contract. He might actually get more. I don't, I don't know how they're going to, it'll be interesting. Negotiate I, mean, that. I would say, if I well, I mean, I might be the one negotiating it actually, but I would be looking for double that. I, I mean, four one hundred might sound crazy to you for a kid who was picked in the late twenties, but 
he is also, I mean, he's going to get all defensive votes and stuff. So yeah, that, yeah. that number is going to be wild too. And just adds to what you're just saying with your math right now. Yeah. And so these, are, these are things, can you build enough peripheral, mm-hmm. you know, roster depth around these huge contracts or do you have to move Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert for 50 cents on the dollar? I think you could get something substantive for Towns. Um, with Gobert, you would come nowhere near getting what you gave up for him if you had yep. to move off. But there are ways to clear out like a 40 or $50 million chunk and get some assets back as and, you go forward. And, you know, you need people always say this with like Nas Reed. Like, could you get a what could you get for Nas Reed? Well, honestly, probably not that much because not only is he a free agent, but to make these deals work to get really good players, you have to have the salary match, like, you know what I mean? So Rudy Gobert making all that money or Carl making all that money isn't a terrible thing because if I send 40 million out or 50 million out, I got to probably take back 50 million. You know, that's how trades usually yeah. work unless you have exceptions and all these. Well, weird... that's how the jazz wound up with all of the, yep. They had to, I mean, you had to send salaries. them like yeah. four players just to make the salaries match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there will come a day and this is again, why the, the margins on the Gobert trade were so small is because, not only are you going to have less cap flexibility, you're not going to have what would assume to be late first round picks to add young talent in. So there will be a day of reckoning where they're going to have to make some sort of deal if this doesn't work out, or they're just going to have to rely on what, to his credit, Tim Connolly was really good at in Denver, finding, you know, diamonds in the rough, finding, I mean, Luca Garza, for example, is like a guy that I could see being here for the next five years. And that was kind of a two-way weird, you know, G League guy. So he did find Walker Kessler. So there, I mean, yeah, he did. I mean, again, he found Walker Kessler. Great pick, executive of the year. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, if you find yourself in some crazy situation where someone is holding a gun to your head and the only thing they want to know is, do you think D'Angelo Russell is still a Timberwolf one month <laughs> from now? And your life depends on being right. Man, he was really good last night. <laughs> like, especially he hit those quarter. three threes. Man, he brought he cut he, he basically he hit, erased a double digit deficit in the fourth quarter. He yeah. was he was five for six in the fourth. Hit the two free throws with that rip through move, which I hate, but it, they're gonna call it. So he was smart to use it. Um, credited his teammates after the game for kind of finding him. But I always come back to it's not a personal thing. It's just I don't. There has been no inclination that this team in this front office wants to extend him long term because they could they could do it today. Mm-hmm. They could have done it this summer um, when Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns, who are both repped by the same agent as D'Lo, like they got the bag and D'Lo didn't. So if if he's not going to be signed and play on this team next season, then he has to be moved. Not even of like a preference thing. It's just you have to do something with that salary side. It's a big thing. It's a funny term for this team. But um, so maybe they stretch out to the summer and then they do like a sign and trade. D'Lo's done that before <laughs> with Brooklyn to Golden State. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's here on February 10th. I just think they realize the situation they've put themselves into yeah. and they have to either stretch that out by getting a guy who's has another year on his contract, maybe get an asset as well. Like that Kyle Lowry kind of talked about deal, but, uh, I don't, I don't think he's going to be here. Um, and the, I think the wolves will struggle a little bit. I know that he's not everyone's favorite player, but last night was a good reminder that, this team needs shooting, you know, with Carl out. No more. That's what it is. They, they yeah. need guys that can hit threes um, a little more consistently than, you know, up and down Jalen or up and down Nas. So, no, I don't think with this gun to my head that he is here on February 10th, but that's just kind of speculation and has to do more with how this team is financially set up. Yeah, I, I would say I, I 
overall, I think the Wolves are better without D'Angelo Russell. I, I just I don't think he fits quite in. But then there's there's times like last night where the dude can get super hot. This is mm-hmm. why he would be at some point an excellent 25 minutes per game, sixth man scoring punch that you can just deploy as needed. No offense taken if you only play him 15 minutes or if he has to sit for the last 10 minutes. It's not like a big ego blow if you if it was this is your role. Mm-hmm. And they've had to do that with him a couple times, even like in 2023, where it's like he just like doesn't play the last 10 minutes of a game because he's not good enough defensively. Um, the on-off numbers for him, too, by the way. Uh, so he, the, the Wolves are five and a half points worse per 100 possessions when he is on the court this season. And okay. some of that's him. Some of it's just combinations. In his own words, me and Ant are both alphas. <laughs> so um, I just, yeah, I, if, if you can get some value for him, if there's if there's a team that, that looks at that uh, $30 million expiring and wants to fit it into their plans for this summer, and they'll give you something of value. I don't want Kyle Lowry's contract back. There's been some heat rumors. Listen. So I don't know how you make it work with the heat without taking Kyle Lowry and his contract, but maybe I, they can find something. I am not. I do not attend the Icy D'Lo, like group meetings that support him, but I'm also just not super out on him. But I do know that watching the game last night, the Wolves don't win it with Kyle Lowry at point guard. Kyle yeah. Lowry's not shooting five for six and doing some of those things. Um, but it, it it might just be best for both parties. I think D'Angelo Russell still can, like you, you've been on that. Like he can be a really good Jordan Clarkson. He can be a valuable contributor to a certain contender. I just don't think again, roster wise, financially, draft picks, all that stuff, how this franchise has set themselves up by the moves they made last summer. I just don't think D'Angelo Russell is long for them. Uh, and if again, if that's the decision you made or have made or have come to, then you got to move sooner than later. Otherwise, you're going to lose it for nothing, and then you're really, really trapped. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy Spence chimes in here via Ooh. YouTube. He says, "I'm a Jazz fan, and oh. yes, you guys got majorly fleeced, but <laughs> so he's basically here to say it's going to be okay. I'm yeah, a yeah. Jazz fan, but it's going to be okay." He goes, "I'll spin this on a positive note. When the Jazz acquired Mike Conley." He was horrible his first year, and all the Jazz fans thought we made a big mistake. And then out of nowhere, in the second year, he played like an all-star. With that being said, I think it's still too early to judge Rudy right now. You still have a Hall of Famer on your team in Rudy that's still pretty young. He's got another three good years in him, I think. And the T-Wolves just have to make some adjustments. He he goes on to say he doesn't think that the Rudy and Towns thing is going to work long-term. But here is a Jazz fan saying, (laughs) Rudy is still awesome. And you guys need to just calm down. Well, thanks. I'm glad that you made it over to our, our little community. Uh, there I, I was think... another jazz fan that came in on our last podcast and said, there there are no podcasts as good as this in the jazz podcast sphere. And so here I am. <laughs> Top 100 for a reason, baby. Uh, no, I, I that that would be the expectations we all set, not even us, the expectations that this franchise set for themselves by making the move they did last July speak for themselves. But I think the frustrating thing for me, even at 23 and 24 with kind of more optimism than I've had in the past month is that we just haven't really got to see it. Like we were promised something and we've seen a lot of other cool stuff. Ants taking a leap. Jaden's becoming all defense, like, you know, Torian Prince, all these like vets that they have some of the young fun guys. Um, But I, I do like, I would like to see Rudy Gobert, with this version of Jaden, like Rudy Gobert fully healthy, 
Carl spacing the floor, this version of Kyle Anderson, and we just haven't seen it yet. And now we're, you know, over the halfway point of the season. But I, I'm with those beloved Jazz fans that have visited us. Uh, that I, I think, you know, it could take a little more time. But I, I do. I'm not out on Rudy Gobert. I've always been out on the price, but that he didn't make the price. Like that. That is what it is, and yeah. you navigate around it. So, but yeah, Rudy Gobert still has, I think good years left and a good future here, but we got to, they got to get him back on the court. That groin thing too. That's another one. I don't like when people have groin injuries. That's yeah. That's not like a sit out a game type of thing. Mm-hmm. When they, when he tried to play a few nights ago, it's like, eh, really? Like it's the jazz. I get you want to play, but uh, actually I have breaking uh, flagrant Howell's ranking news here. We're up to 80th. Up Let's to 80th. go. Let's go. The 80th best basketball podcast in the United States of America. Flagrant house. Think about that. I listen. Honestly, this has been. <laughs> I know I do my thing with Dane. I've been kind of helping him produce that. But this has been people that listen to this. People that I mean, the subscribe rate, review stuff you hear all the time. But it is a big thing for Phil and I to kind of grow this. Um, this is the highlight of my week. I love doing this. People that Aww. interact with us. It's so much fun. Um, it's it'll a be drag s- for me, quite frankly. I'm <laughs> glad you're having fun. You having to put up with my text? No, it. Uh, it's great. And like I said, if they can just go from treading water to maybe like really swimming a little bit. This will be really fun, but yeah, great community. And it's fun to just talk about X's and O's are great and breaking down, you know, cap numbers on stuff are, is fantastic. But I also just want to like talk about who unfollowed who on Twitter and who uh, said what. <laughs> Has D'Lo refollowed the Timberwolves on any of these <laughs> platforms yet? Or is he I still out? Checked, I haven't checked that yet, but you know, now that we're talking about this great community and stuff, I think you, you probably saw Jace Frederick had kind of a viral tweet last night, but do you see that moment where um, he said Jace was in the locker room and he's like, J- basically when Jade McDaniels left the locker room, he looked at Nas Reed and just looked him square in the face and said, Nas Reed and yeah. just left. <laughs> that is such a Timberwolves <laughs> Twitter thing that we've kind of created all of us, the fans specifically um, the Nas Reed folklore and the fact that the players are starting to buy into it. And like, I love doing the it, same man. stuff we are. Uh, it's a cool, cool community. I always think it's the best fans. So, uh, yeah, top 80. We'll be top 50. If the Wolves could just beat the Rockets twice, we'll get to top 50. Oh, I think that'll cause some major, major buzz around the uh, <laughs> the NBA podcast world for sure. All right, let's go. Aaron, Pe- uh, Aaron Perry here on YouTube says, the Rudy trade going belly up is going to be so funny because the Score North boys were all <laughs> gung-ho when it happened. And we'll somehow spin it that they never wanted him in the first place. Yeah, the Score North boys gonna put some spin. So we Aaron, need merch. We need Score North boys <laughs> merch for sure. I went from a blog boy to a Score North boy. I love it. Oh my god. So Aaron, I am here also speak for myself and say because I I kind of convinced Kyle to like this trade. Kyle did not plan on liking the trade. I I was one of the people that twisted Kyle's arm and said, "No, dude, trust in Tim Connolly." This is going to be great. Trust in Chris Finch. I loved the trade at the time, or at least liked it a lot. It's, yeah, you swallow hard on the draft picks. If it turns out to be wrong, Aaron, I promise you, I will spin the hell out of it. And we never had this conversation. <laughs> That's, again, Phil has been a great mentor for me in doing this stuff. Um, I, was, I thought you were going to offer him his money back because that's always my thing. Like, I don't charge anyone for content. So if you don't like what it is, just let me know. I'll Venmo Ask you back for $0. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I kept those tweets up for a reason that, uh, the day it happened, I was again, the whole Mexico trip. I was just like, please don't lose Jaden McDaniels. They didn't, they overpaid, but back to the jazz fans points, like they're the Rudy Gobert is a really good player. And I think kind of like Kyle Anderson will age 
better than, you know, like a Chris Paul or like a, like John Morant's a God right now, but I always fear how John Morant's going to age because he falls down a lot and that bumps and bruises kind of add up. So um, the price they paid, whatever, but I think Rudy Gobert has got a good future here. And if they can just kind of figure out a little more point ant or who's going to space the floor with him, um, it might avoid going belly up, but yeah, that's, that's what the greats do. That's why, again, you're, as good as you are, like, it doesn't really matter spin what doctors, happens. I'll score spin the hell out of this. Spin doctors, yeah. yes. And then uh, Gerald Becker here via YouTube says, Kyle, you should mention more that you travel. We get it, dude. You're important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is, uh, I think between where that. Are you, are you in Maui now? Are you in, are you in Seattle? Are you in New York? Where, where are you right now? Are you in Thailand? Are you I'm with Cliff Kingsbury Tesla right truck now? Driving throughout the country. Like, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I've. Between the travel, I mean, just trying to be as transparent as possible. And then some people don't like the food comps. Also, some people did not like uh, me saying that as a large portion of the fan base, we didn't really love the Walker Kessler draft pick at the time. And some people were like, don't throw me into that pile. The problem with the internet is that uh, things like exist forever. So some of you listening should try this. It's a cool website called Advanced Twitter Search. You can go back and look at people's tweets back around the draft. There's a lot of people that cover the Wolves or follow the Wolves. They're like, I don't know about this big, stiff, white dude from yeah. Auburn. That, those, those are still up there. The articles and the tweets are like, I'm, I'm done with this franchise if they draft Walker Kessler. That, those things happen. So just remember that. We should that. do an old tweets exposed run through on some of this stuff. I, I <laughs> and listen, we had some, you and I have had some bad ones too. But uh, just, you know, everyone, everyone misses a couple shots, right? Jaden doesn't make them all, but... Uh, the, the important thing is, like you said, spinning it. No matter how bad the takes are, we'll all find confidence to spin it and make it sound good. Absolutely, yes. We will, uh, we will gaslight you all day, <laughs> Twi- Twitter uh, troll guy. All right, that's, uh, that's a bow on this Friday edition of Flagrant Howls. Again, if you could, uh, yes. if you could continue yeah, to give us the sure. subscribe button and the like button on the YouTube channel, help spread the word. And we'll see. Uh, so when are those Rockets games? When do we get one on Saturday at Saturday? home and then they go down to Houston Saturday, um, obviously hosting the Rockets. There's like no Jabari Smith, who is their top pick, no Kevin Porter Jr. So they're like also banged up. And again, I'm comfortable saying this, even though it could look so funny next week. Worst team in the league. They're just they don't have a lot of veteran presence. They're not coached well. The Wolves should win by 30, so I'm excited to talk about how they lost by 20 next week. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we'll just bitch and complain the next time we reconvene yep. here. All right, he's Kyle. I'm Phil. This is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant Howls.